0: Personality traits really matter. It's just a single-minded devotion to getting with this guy.
1: Yes. It's, movie like it's wonderful. It's great. That's how I like my Nicole Kidman. <laughs>
0: Single-mindedly determined to get
1: with you. Yes. Especially then. All <laughs> he does is
0: reveal dark secrets to her the whole movie, and she just doesn't react to any of it.
1: <laughs> and She's a psychiatrist. She has
2: to be somewhat professional. Honestly,
1: the only terrible thing about that movie, I think, is time. Jones. I, I, I think that's the only really bad thing.
2: Well, that's like the thing. It was like it's weird because Unbearable. he's trying to he's be like he's yeah. trying to be like Jim Carrey, but like terrible at uh, Yeah. I, yeah. What
1: were they thinking with that? Was I, it really just like go broad because it's a book? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Probably
2: just Timely Jones. Like,
1: ah, it's cartoon. It's that's probably how he thought of it too. And him and Chewbacca ah. was on the same page.
2: Alright, now do one of you guys want to do the intro for this, or I can continue on it? You go for it. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Yeah. I don't want to pirate off of um, a 70 year old movie, which are those dead filmmakers. Oh, yeah.
1: Pirating for the Wolfman's really gone up these days. Sure. All
2: right, and welcome to our commentary track for the 1941 classic, The Wolfman. I'm Andrew Wass. I'm Jake Plummery. And I'm Jacob McAuliffe. Yeah, so for our um, final Halloween <laughs> movie of the year... That was my year. NPR voice. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, for our final Halloween movie of the year, we decided to do... One of our own, per- all of our personal favorite um, classic monster movies is actually probably in the top five favorite movies of all time for me, actually. Um, yeah. The Wolfman.
1: Yeah. Um, this is actually, this might be my favorite of all of the, the the original Universal monster films. It's, yeah. I, I think The Wolfman, since I was a kid, has always been my favorite. Um, I just, I, I love the character. I love Talbot. I, I, I just always love the tragic story, and I think what what sells it more is uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s performance. People say this is a good movie.
0: People are saying it all the time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there, there we go. But no, like the score that you know, like we're playing right now, and I'm sure you know you've of course had to watch this movie before, you've listened to it, uh, or listening to it with us on it. Um, but the score is like really great. Just like everything about this movie. I think, you know, like Universal's treating this like a B movie. And like, you know, for all intents and purposes, it is. You know, like there is a few things about this that are pretty low budget. But like they did everything they could with this movie. I mean, the guy who wrote it, um, Kurt Seomack, I think is how you said his name. Yeah, he fled Nazi Germany, and he was, like, writing this to be, like, an allegory for the the persecution of, like, Jews in Europe. You know, he was Jewish, had to flee Nazi Germany. Like, you know, they really did not just treat this like a schlocky movie. Like, this would be, like, the equivalent of, like, you know, some movie on sci-fi being written by, like, a Holocaust survivor and, like, being, like, given actually good, like, talent behind it.
1: Mm, well, that's probably how a lot of the, these things happen back then. They probably weren't treated very seriously. They're just probably just made for a buck at a cheap, to be made for a buck and at a cheap price. But then, the, the, you know, people like that come into it and they they make it something a lot a lot more.
2: Yeah. Well, the of
1: appreciate that. No,
2: that's that's great. That's how a lot of these things happen. And this, like I said, the studio did not care at all about this. This movie, like, is what revitalized the monster movies. You know, they had their early hits of Dracula, Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, um, and The Mummy, but they had stopped for a while. So, you know, we're you're looking at, like, about seven years or something like that, difference between, mm. like, Bride of Frankenstein and this, I think, actually, um, straight up... Um, I want to say like nine years for like Dracula and Frankenstein. I might be wrong, but like you know, years had gone by, and then they start doing like all the sequels, like Ghost of Frankenstein had come out right before this, and um it was actually filmed, like this house set was used in Ghost of Frankenstein. Um, but yeah, like they they just were churning these things out, I believe. Like this was filmed in like August of 1941. It was in December of 1941 yeah, yeah like they like filmed this edited and did this all like in like a quarter of a year
0: I see that's amazing just something that ended up having such a such a huge impact on the genre and on filmmaking in general yeah it was done in a few months you know
1: that's how these are big pump these out back then that's <laughs> this was all probably, probably filmed like you know 15 pages a day worked <laughs> for 20 hours didn't have lunch you know, drove Lon Chaney Jr. into further alcoholism. You know, <laughs> Just, by the way, there might be better get ready for some Lon Chaney Jr. alcoholic jokes during this commentary. As much as we love the guy, it's part of our endearment towards
2: him. Well, how do you say about the lunch? And um, I think which Frankenstein was it? Uh, Ghost. Yeah, it was Ghost of Frankenstein, where they find the Frankenstein monster like at the bottom of a sulfur pit. And to like re from because you know he falls in a sulfur pit at the end of Son of Frankenstein, the previous one, and to recreate sulfur, they decided to um, take poor Lon Chaney, Jr., who had then at that point taken over the role of Frankenstein. Bela Lugosi, um, Boris Karloff had stopped um, after Ghost of Frankenstein, that was his last one. Um, so they decided to pour cement over Lon Chaney, just like. apparently thin layer of cement and they gave him, the only air he had was through a literal drinking straw size 2. They poured it over him and they're like, okay, well while it's drying, we have to be economical and do something. So they all went on lunch break. So they just all left fucking Lon Chaney Jr. (laughs) Mind you, not in comfortable clothing, in the fucking Frankenstein makeup as well. So like already uncomfortable position with cement drying. That man was born to suffer. Um,
1: well, okay. I just want to bring up one thing here: is how Claude Rains is is the father. <laughs> it's the father. They look. They're like. They look like brothers. This <laughs> is one thing I can never buy. I love this movie, but this is the one thing that I, I just cannot buy. These, this is the father and son. That Claude, Claude
2: Raines is very distinguished gentleman. It's like, what did Lon Chaney Jr.'s mom look like in this scenario? See, Claude Rains has, like, the younger
0: hairstyle and everything? Yeah, he actually, Lon
1: looks like the father. Isn't that what we do, boys, with our fathers who are two years older than us? We just... Well, you know, people did get married younger at that at that time Last, by the logic of this movie I could
2: be your father <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, could, I could be your Clog Rains I'm looking this up like
0: when these guys were the
1: we gotta life. film that now
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we're to recreate
0: the scene do a, do a remake or a parody of this and those are the two roles the guys play
2: what I like, you know, just like, you know, just the, the stock um, location of Universal, um, the Universal backlot, and like he's supposedly like looking through a high powered telescope. It's like, how far away is he supposedly? Because I feel like that good of a telescope, you would not be able to see any of this. Uh, I, I actually like that it's obviously a backlot. It gives the whole thing
0: sort of an insular, sort of staged no feel that I think can be appropriate under certain
1: circumstances. Yeah, well, I'm sure they used the same backlot for Frankenstein that looks a little familiar uh, for, to that. Yeah that, was like, scene.
2: yeah, that was like the old, like I think they call it like old Europe, um, mm-hmm. the European village. And um, they still have like a replica of it on the um, backlot tour now. Um, back like in 08, yeah, the whole backlot you know, burned to the ground. But yeah, they did a good job recreating all the um, locations, You know, even though I don't really think they probably used too many European... Old European villages anymore you know who knows um, I will give universal credit that they do that um, seemingly as a tribute to their style and like what made them famous well I think back then the reason
1: they used these sets so much is because you know in the There's 30s and cheap. 40s it was a lot closer to that to that time period so stories tend to tend to take place back then so that's why it was a you know, it was a lot more accessible but compared to today which you said
2: it's not around anymore. that's set in the back lot yeah like it all the entire back lot burned down you know like the clock tower from back to the future like all oh. like the all that burned down that's why like the original king kong ride on the back lot um tour got closed down because the kong animatron got too damaged So, they're like okay it's oh. more effective for us or cost effective for us to just you know do the digital um ride you know screens that you now see when you go on the back lot now Apparently Lon Chaney Jr. was 17 years younger than um, Claude Rains. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he, he does not look 17 years younger than Claude Rains. No, I think that's just, yeah,
1: that's Lon Chaney Jr.'s
0: problem. Yeah. It's his, it's not him. It's his personal
1: appearance that we have a problem with. Well, it's his, it's his alcoholism. <laughs> We're judging him for his
2: appearance. I think he's actually 20s.
1: 20, he's 23
2: here. He was born Is in 19- 19, no. <laughs> no, he, he was born in 1906 and this came out in 1941, so he wasn't his, um late 30s. Yeah, he doesn't look good. Well, when you look at, like, the last, like, Frankenstein, like, House of Dracula, I think was the last one, whichever the last monster meetup movie was. Oh, actually, that so sell Meet Frankenstein would have been the, technically speaking, last one, and that came out in 1948, so you're only looking at seven years difference between this and his final outing as the Wolfman. He really aged hard. Like, these movies, like, and, like, dealing with the mummy movies and doing the Frankenstein movies... <laughs> <laughs> they, they really aged him hard. I and mean, he tried killing himself after Ad meet would meet friends. That was over. He just, like... <laughs> he laughing. Like, I'm not <laughs> joking. This whole thing is killing. just... Himself. This whole thing
0: is, sorry, it's just it's turning into, like, uh, a teardown of his appearance.
1: <laughs> like, his physical appearance. Well, what do you expect? He made all these movies within a year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's gonna wear you down.
1: You get it. <laughs> Any breaks. You go from this right into Frankenstein meets the Wolf Man. Yeah, we got. We'll see you tomorrow, Ron. Oh fuck!
0: The, the only break Don't he gets free on. The only break he gets is being in the sulfur concrete or whatever. Yeah, he's just like, oh, finally I can rest. That's when they shut the lights off.
1: <laughs> Don't have to remember any lines to do this. All right, okay. As much as we love to make fun of, I gotta say, like, he's 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 a great trooper throughout all this. Oh yeah. He's really like, like giving a consistent great performance over the course of all these films. He's he's never half assing it. He's and it, he's always very soulful. He always your heart always goes out to the guy. You you always feel his pain. Now that could be a reflection <laughs> of, all of the, the actual pain <laughs> that he's going
2: through. But you know it makes for good drama. Um, well, he even said in an interview that he was very proud of the fact that the Wolfman was all his. You know, he's like that was my baby. He's like you know. Of all the other monsters I played, you know, Dr- you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, I was playing them the second time around, so like, and, you know, even if he tried fucking killing himself in these movies were hellish for him, he did feel proud of it, and um, they mentioned in the commentary track for this that this might have even been personal for him, yeah, like, with mm-hmm. his own trying to escape from the shadow of, you know, his father, because, you know, his name wasn't really Lon Chaney Jr., it was Creighton, which I think that's in name that should make a comeback for. Uh, it's his agent, like yeah, that name. Yeah. yeah. his yeah. agents, um, you know, forced him essentially. Like, listen, you want work, you should change your name to Lon Chaney Jr. And even then, this was like the, you know, like um, this and of mice and men were like the only big things he had done. And like, I think they said like the ten or so years he had ch- since he had changed his name, you know, obviously very big. But he, even changing his name didn't get him anything. So yeah,
1: always. Yeah, he was, he was a real trooper, always working, never quite reached the levels of his father. Or Boris Karloff or Lugosi. Yeah, but he always still carved out a good piece of himself within this lore. And, you know, he could, that's that's enough, for, I guess, for an actor, especially at that time. In his own time, he didn't reach the levels of his father. I think now yeah.
0: he's obviously much more uh, remembered. Well, and ashamed. if you look at the,
2: um, like, box set that we're using this from the classic monster, like, box set... Um, Universal put out you know, the, um, they have on the top row of the DVD set, you know, they have Bela Lugosi, Frankenstein, and then him. He's in the top tier yeah. right now. He sh- as he should be. Yeah, and yeah, he, you know, he played all the, you know, major monsters, you know, he played Dracula and Son of Dracula, or, Dr- sorry, Dracula's Daughter. Yeah, he played Frankenstein and He played Dracula's times. Daughter? <laughs> no, he played Dracula in Dracula's Daughter, um... And then, yeah, he played Frankenstein a handful of times, and he played The Mummy a handful of times, but he's the only one in the classic cycle that played the Wolfman. So, yeah, everyone's like, oh, you know, oh, my God, Boris Karloff. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, he did three times, but, you know, fucking Lon Chaney did it, you know, how many times he did this one, meets the um, – Frankenstein meets Wolfman, House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein, and then um, – Adam Costello Frankson. Frankston so he played the Wolfman five times it's like
0: weird that like Boris Karloff like went on to become like known as like sort of a prestigious movie actor you know yeah. like, there's a lot of prestige and I feel like Lon Chaney Jr. never got the same level of respect yeah. at least in his time right. like Boris Karloff became highly respected in his own time yeah despite his career falling apart
1: too he's still yeah. yeah
0: Boris Karloff kind of reminds me of like Christopher Lee in terms of like his career
2: Mm. I can agree with that. Mm. You know, classic British actor, trained British actor who started in, like, schlocky movies. Wasn't Boris Karloff Yugoslavian or something? No, like, I, maybe Eastern that, I think he was British.
1: I don't remember. Or maybe he moved.
2: No, um, he the, the, Bela Lugosi was Hungarian. No, I thought, I I thought Boris Karloff was, like, Eastern European. Maybe, I,
1: maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I'll look it up. By the way, this this movie is looks fantastic. Oh yeah. Great cinematography. Especially coming up in the I think in the four scenes. There's there's one shot in particular that's that I love. Yeah, this looks great. I mean I know it's it's all a set,
2: but it looks great. They, yeah. Yeah, this is like what Halloween movies should be. Like you know, like I'd love the black and white, yeah, the atmosphere or yeah the Copious amounts of fog. I know we're in, like, I think they say, like, we're supposed to be in, like, Wales. Um, like, they didn't want, like, in the original script, they were supposed to be in Wales, but they didn't want to offend any um, market. They didn't want to, like, specifically say, you know, when they keep having lines about, oh, we're backwards people up here. You yeah, know, we're full of stupid people out They didn't want to specifically say, what country any of these were in? especially then after World War Two, like with, like, Frankenstein, they didn't want to be in Germany. And we're like, yeah, I want, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're in F- Village Frankenstein. Well, what country are we? We're in Village Frankenstein.
0: See, there's a, there's a problem every time they try and remake not just this, the Wolfman, but any of the Universal Monster properties. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by the fact they're taking a leisurely stroll through, like, this hellscape. <laughs> um, it's that, you know, you modernize it and they lose a lot of the... Um, it was a lot of the atmosphere I'm not saying that that's required like you could do a modern atmospheric version of these characters but they don't they don't execute it you know yeah well, the yeah. look is just so classic with these films and when they modernize it they don't find a good way of supplementing
2: it or replacing it no, I would agree with that and that's the problem I think you had with the um the new like Tom Cruise mummy is that that's what I was thinking the whole time during that movie, yeah? That's like this doesn't feel like a universal monster movie, you know. And I I like the original two Brendan Fraser mummy movies because they did a good job setting that like in the 1920s, trying to make the serial kind of feel yeah. like the serial, um, you know, movies and all that from that time period. By the way, um, I did look it up, but, um, Boris Karloff was born in England.
1: Oh, okay, so. I was wrong, so but 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 that's this. I think why those Brennan Fraser films work is because they still stay true to the fundamentals of of the concept. Despite, I mean, it's still more of a Raiders of the Lost Ark esque movie, but it still stayed true to the nature of the Mummy. Because the, the Mummy, you know, it, it could could conceivably be more of an adventure film given where it takes place and you know with the archaeology and everything. So it's a little more conceivable versus this this recent film that just feels like. Just trying to ape like a Marvel movie or something like that. There, there wasn't much thought, but it, it's a little, it's a little more cynical. Where you, yeah, yeah, here you could you, I guess you could make a more modern Wolfman movie. You just have to do it the right way. And I again, I think the key to that is staying true to the fundamentals of what makes the Wolfman, and there are ways to do that. I, I, I think. I I'd say they
0: did it with uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, that that's yeah. another great example. And it's just like there's like a certain like there's like a, a an atmosphere that's very iconic and associated with the universal monster movies that is hard to recreate i think even if you like with the wolfman remake that they did which took place in like the same time period and everything but just the like the time period combined with like the low budget sets and everything creates a very distinctive look with these old movies that is very unique
2: yeah i don't for... for a minute believe we're in an actual like you know what inside or like we're clearly in some like you know stage 24 and you know downtown studio city you know right where the friggin um jurassic park ride is right right outside these walls but like it feels just better like it feels more visceral you know and there's a fine line between you know something like this or like plan nine from outer space with the like you know fucking wooden um you know tombstones that are falling over but mm-hmm. Yeah, there. Like, I think you completely hit the nail on that. That there's something about the low budget set of this that makes it feel that much better. This is that shot I was talking about. Yeah,
0: it's great. Well, Again, this whole- there's like a there's just a staginess that I actually I kind of appreciate it. It mm. gives it like almost like a like a fairy tale folklore kind of feel where there's an artifice to it all that, if
1: anything, kind of dials up the atmosphere. Yeah. And the smoke too it's always a good trick. It's a cheap way to to make the set look bigger.
2: Yeah. Well they said like they only built like four or five of these trees that they would just keep moving them around in different configurations to make the wood seem bigger. So yeah they're probably filming only in one small part of the soundstage. You know they probably had in the rest of the soundstage various other sets from the movie like the house or you know um other things, So they probably only had a small section of the stage and they just, you know, okay, move that tree over there, put this one in the forefront, put that one yeah. to the left. Yeah. And, you know, it's very effective. I never even knowing that can still be like, okay, that's the same tree.
1: Yeah.
0: she should have been just
2: like, we should shoot him in the head right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, people bring up, and I never really thought about it growing up. That it's funny that you know um, the Bale Lugosi werewolf or Wolfman is an actual wolf. Now, some people um, make jokes about how it's just like, oh yeah, you you got the low budget. You know, they they didn't want to put Bale Lugosi through the makeup. We had to reserve all the torture for watching Jr. in this one, Um, or you know they didn't think about it. But I wonder if there was some. Thought to you know, as your time as a Wolfman goes on, the more wolf-like you get. Or if there was some thought to, we want it to be a complete one hundred percent surprise. What the Wolfman looks like, and I know, yeah, they had him on the poster. You know, on the original nineteen forty-one poster. You know, it's still a drawing, but still, like seeing the Wolfman in action the first time. You didn't want to see it as. Bell Lagosi, who's on screen for you know already going to be like two to three seconds as is. It's interesting. you
0: ever see it's interesting you bring that up. you ever see the movie "Wolf with Jack Nicholson? <laughs> no, because that's kind of the implication in that movie is that you just slowly turn into a wolf after time goes mm-hmm. on because he gets bitten by like what looks like a normal wolf, and then at the end it basically implies that he turned into just a normal wolf or something like that. Yeah I don't wonder. And then the rest of the movie is, like, Jack Nicholson in awkward makeup, like, waddling around, pretending to be a wolf monster.
2: We need to, That'll be our next commentary, actually? That We're doing that for the next Halloween one? It's an interesting movie. It's got, like, incredible talent behind it,
1: and it's not very good. Yeah, I think, we talked about this, how I, I think that was meant to be more like a prestige or a film sort of like in the vein of The Exorcist. you got Mike Nichols directing, you got Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer. And Eomor did the music. Yeah. Like, Christopher Welch did the production design. Yeah, it was very high end but it's one of those things that just falls on its face. Well,
2: it's like with those um, the um, adaptations of Frankenstein and Dracula we had like in the 90s mm-hmm. like the Bram Stoker yeah. or Shelley's Frankenstein where it's like I, there always seems to be the desire to let's make these movies better. Let's make them for the adults. And it's like, you know, you get mixed results. You know, um, I haven't seen all of like Bram Stoker's Dracula, Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, Br- Bram Stoker's Dracula
1: is a very good movie. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, apart from Keanu Reeves, damn good movie. It's actually, Gary Oldman's my favorite Dracula.
2: Yeah.
1: You might have just cursed our account by criticizing
0: Keanu Reeves. <laughs> the um, guy at the moment. We'll um, cut it out. Like, we'll like, with, with with leave mold, it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to make it sound worse. <laughs> it was, with Wolf, it's not supposed to be like the Wolfman, though. It's like a werewolf story, but it's a totally different story. Well, I mean, there's... Uh, whereas, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula is telling, like, the same basic story as you would tell in, like, Dracula movies.
2: Well, to be fair with that, though, like, th- this, and we, um, I was looking for a time to bring it up, there had been werewolf movies, you know, they had, um, you know, Werewolf of London before this, and, or, sorry, um... I'm trying to remember the name of the various Wolfman movies or werewolf movies Universal had done before this, but there was no equivalent to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein or Bram Stoker's Dracula. You could see like the some of the early Universal monster movies were all adaptations, loose adaptations, albeit. Yeah. Um, you had you know HG Wells The Invisible Man. You had the whoever the hell wrote Phantom of the Opera, Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's like by the time they got to this and also a little earlier with the mummy, they're just taking folklore. So yeah. potentially Wolf, I don't know like what year that came out. And that could have been like, okay, we're going to try and do the prestige werewolf movie and try and – because when you get to it, it's like there have only been a handful of werewolf movies, like you said, you know, American Werewolf in London and all that, um, that have been like really like A-class Werewolf pictures. It was it was trying to be a prestige
1: werewolf. So that's not necessarily a Wolfman movie though. Yeah, just a werewolf movie. If you think about it, there's only about a handful of great werewolf movies. Yeah, I can probably name them on my one hand. You got this. You got American Werewolf in London. You have Dog Soldiers. Have you seen Dog Soldiers? Yeah, it's a great fucking movie. Um, The Howling. Alvin and, and,
0: the and Wallace and Grummet, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. <sighs> that's a great one. I don't, I don't know, know if maybe. I count that, but that's a great movie. Uh, sorry, Alvin the Chipmunks beat the Wolfman. I fucked up the obvious joke. <laughs> I was going to say Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, <laughs> but that was actually also a were-rabbit.
2: Cheese, <laughs> <laughs> Harry. Cheese. Lupin, stay away from that cheese. <laughs> <laughs> when did the penguin show up? What book here was that? <laughs> Um, but no, but but what I was going in was that this created the werewolf mythology really Mm. like, yeah, you know, we had man turning into wolf, you know, stories before this, but you know, Kurt Siamak, you know, he made up a lot of the tropes you see with werewolf movies and werewolf mythology after this, the full moon, silver bullets or silver anything, um, the pentagram in the hand, you know, he really just took, oh, the man turning into beast, which when you get down to it, is just a slightly more beastly version of um, Dracula, or uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, in the original lore, is it's not the full moon. I think yeah, it's uh, it. the presence of Wolfbane.
1: Yeah. Scunters.
2: Yeah. And they, they want, yeah, he wanted something that was completely out of his control, like. Yeah. Because it's like okay, fucking, don't go into the woods. You know, just don't, don't, don't go to a flower shop. You know, versus I have n- literally no control over yeah. this whatsoever. And that, that's a lot more interesting. That
0: makes for a much more interesting yeah. character. It's interesting. It was all codified. It was codified with this movie. Though. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And it's also really weird that they never, never actually show a single shot of the full moon in this. They, you know, they have the famous speech and all that. Oh. That the Gypsy Woman does, you know, and Melina, the Gypsy Woman does, and um, but we never once see the full moon. It's because they couldn't afford it. They yeah. were just gonna take stock footage from the George
0: Millets movie, off <laughs> to the moon, and you're we gonna see the the moon with the face, and then like
1: Lon Chaney going like, ah. Well, I was I was <coughs> gonna say even back then they probably didn't even have much stock footage of anything.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of any earlier um, Universal movie that has. Um, diff- Shots the moon and I can't think of anything. Yeah, even on your DVD portable DVD player, the movie looks great. Yeah, looks
1: better there actually. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I would love to see uh, another version of this uh, done properly. Well, that's what like those Blumhouse movies—they're doing the Invisible Man, which is how they should have done this whole these whole dark universe yeah well I don't think it's going to be a dark universe anymore I, I think it's but what they originally should have done. yeah I mean, more low budget but and then Invisible Man's like a really cool twist on it and I hope they do the same with the others like with with the Wolfman I think there's a lot of potential I think you should do like a like a whodunit murder mystery Jake the
0: Wolfman yeah. needs to be an action movie starring Dwayne Johnson where he does his own real stunts <laughs> flying Holy. out of airplanes and London has to be at stake
1: Outer, this is, that's what the modern audience demands you can't cast like someone like the rock as the wolfman because he's practically a monster in life. <laughs> he's actually less scary as
0: the wolfman yeah less I mean, you want
1: to probably cuddle with him but i mean you need like a you need like a lon cheney jr just someone more like benicio del toro actually he could I, I thought he did great as the wolfman he did the best he could given the material um but you need someone like that, someone who's just very vulnerable. You need just a regular person. That's what kind of makes
2: it so terrifying. Let's think. My girlfriend had never seen this movie until this pre- previous Halloween. She had never seen the movie. She'd seen clips of it, but she like knew the whole like oh full moon blah blah blah. her me making references to how much I loved it and all that. And we watch it, and like at the end, she's like, "That was actually very sad. Like I am legitimately saddened." By this, and you know, Lon Chaney Jr. Um, summed up the um, some his character up by saying, you know, he's the most vulnerable of the monsters. Yeah. You know, he, you know, yeah, you know, Frankenstein's kind of pushed being evil. Dracula's just pure evil. The miserable Man was driven mad and all that. But it's like, you know, he feels terrible about like what he is doing. He doesn't want to be the Wolf Man anymore. Yeah, like by the time you get to the later sequels, he's not even looking for a cure. He's just like, "Please kill me. I don't want to live anymore." Which you know may have been um, launching your actual viewpoint by that. that. That might not have been in the script. It may have not been acting. He may have actually <laughs>
1: broken the fourth wall. There, and no one was listening. Um, <laughs> like that's that's good acting, Lon. Please, but, no, but, I'm serious. But yeah, I mean that, that that's like some of the best of the Wolfman though. When this thing that's just so outside of his control. Especially this good guy.
2: For sure. But, yeah, I mean, Lon Chaney Jr. Um, really just brought his all into it. And that's the thing. Like, like Jake said, you need to have a vulnerable um, person playing this. And, um, you know, that that's, I mean, what the Dark Universe was making... Um, the mistake was they wanted to make these movies. They want this to be Universal's Avengers movie, and it's like, yeah, yeah th- there's action scenes in these movies, especially when you get to the matchup movies where they're fighting. Yeah, but it's like this is you know like a movie with very little action <laughs> and um, very little action, but a lot of heart behind it. Well, yeah, that that's the thing with the whole man. That's what you
1: got to stick to. The full moon's gonna come out. He can't do a thing about it. and He doesn't want to turn to the Wolfman, and he's gonna die. I mean, it only the story like this only ends one way. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of part of the tension behind it. The more sympathetic the character is, colliding with the inevitability of, of their death, that's what makes it all the more tragic. And I think it's important to stick to that. That's what American Werewolf in London did did, did so well too. You really got to know David as a character, and you really loved him, and you know, but. You felt bad when he when he died, you know.
0: I always thought it was interesting how that movie actually uses quite a bit of humor to get you to really sympathize with those characters. Yeah, that's another way to do it.
2: Yeah. Well, and you have that um, issue when he's like, you know, it it's inevitable, and that's what makes it so sad. You know, with his death, you yeah. know, I know he keeps getting resurrected in each movie, but there is something to be said that. It's a. It says something about his character that at the end of the last matchup movie, which I didn't think was *House of Dracula*. I keep I keep being the *House of Dracula* and *Frankenstein*. Confused which one um, came out first, but the whichever the last matchup of the classic monster movies is ends with him being cured. Like you see Lon Chaney, he goes out, the full moon comes out, he's a little scared, but then nothing happens, and he's happy. And it's like. I know I should be happy for this character but it's like it just feels like a betrayal of like what the message of the story was. I mean it I, yes,
0: I guess in fairness I, at that point what else do you do with it? Well, that's sure. the thing I was about to say, in
1: principle, yes, but if by that point you, you have this character show up so many times you got to do something else with it otherwise he just keeps dying and being resurrected. Sure. So you might as well just pull the trigger and cure him. And, God, the guy deserves a happy ending. too. So he's he's suffered through these five movies, you know. It's like, I think by
2: that point, it's, it's pretty earned. Especially since it was his last movie, I suppose. But, I don't know whether they knew that at the time or not. Oh, so it was House of Dracula. House of Dracula was the last one. Okay. So, just got that confirmed. But yeah, so, no, they did, you know, Wolfman in 1941... Frankenstein meets the Wolfman in 1943, House of Frankenstein in 44, and House of Dracula in 45. So, you know, yeah, they didn't have one in 1942. I'm sure he was doing one of the Mummy sequels or like yeah. one of those in 1942. But you know, he sure churn, they churned these out in five years, you know, in less than five years. Because as I said, you know, this came out in like December of 1941. This came out right shortly after Pearl Harbor. It yeah. so had to be very sobering. Going like. You know, our naval base just got bombed. We want to go see a change. Hey, people no studio that. executive
1: can, can complain about that, about the bad timing of a movie. If people, if people can make the Wolfman a hit right after Pearl Harbor, fuck it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My
0: Thank favorite you. classic Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. might want to escape to the movie. It doesn't matter what the content is. They want to be entertained by a great story. I think the content gets blown way out of proportion or the context into which it's being released is blown out of proportion. Exactly. Sometimes. Much like the
1: USS Arizona is being completely blown. Yeah, people wanted to fucking watch The Wolfman.
2: They could distinguish between the two. Mm -hmm. We're getting into the Hunchback of Notre Dame Feast of Fools scene. Was Jason Alexander going to pop up or something? <laughs> yes. He should play the Wolfman.
0: Wolfman. Wolf man fan. How
1: fire?
0: <laughs> Was there ever, there should have been like a, I, I don't know, I haven't, I am not the biggest fan, I haven't seen everything, but was there a Seinfeld Halloween special?
1: No. was uh, just never, a damn there show right there. A <laughs> that, that would be, that would be a naked about something.
0: You'd that's see that just maybe in the
1: later, you see that maybe in the later seasons, but not with the Larry David stuff, like, there was never anything like that. It was always about, it was about nothing. George, I just went outside and saw Wolf <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be something that would appear in, like, the seventh season, where George probably thought he got bit by a wolf, and then by the end he, like, takes his shirt off in Central Park and starts howling at the moon. That's something that you would see in later Seinfeld, that's something you'd see in the first six seasons anyway how much Seinfeld have you seen I'm just curious I've seen every episode I'm a, I'm a big Seinfeld fan gotcha yeah those first six seasons are Larry David the best and then after that it's fine but it, I mean okay it's very good but it's, it's not the same it's, a, it's kind of a different show but it's still very good
2: but just, just look at the intensity here on face. Yeah. Like this is a B movie that everyone is trying their fucking hardest at it's a great scene oh yeah they're they're taking it seriously. I mean, there was a scene that was filmed but ultimately not used because it didn't work. Where Larry fights a bear, and they got an actual bear. Jesus Christ! Wait, were they going to make lunch <laughs> and Junior <laughs>
0: fight a bear? <laughs>
2: they, they did
0: absolutely.
2: <laughs> did. <laughs> no, so the scene the scene was it was in this. It was I think it was supposed to be right before this, um, where it, it was like you know. Any man who can fight and pin the bear gets a prize. And, you know, like, it was said, like, you know, know, Larry, you know, starts taking his coat and tie off with a determined look in his face. And he goes in, and it was supposed to be, like, he starts fighting the bear, and the bear is scared shitless of him. And it was supposed to be one the old trope of the animals can sense evil. Mm -hmm. But the problem was, when they were filming this, um, the bear had already gone into hibernation. So you know, them, it being the 1940s, they didn't care a crap about animals. So like, wake up, wake up, bear. They're waking this poor thing up. So now it's, like, really pissed off and Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> gets into the <laughs> ring. <laughs> and, like, it starts attacking him. Like, the handler can't get a hold of him. Lon Chaney Jr. dives under, like, a, like, carriage that was there and, like, famously Evelyn Anchor's... Um, you know, the love interest was near, on the sideline. Of course, she has to be involved in the scene somehow. And the bear's coming at her, and a lighting technician just grabbed her and pulled her up onto the lighting platform he was on as, like, everyone fled the scene or the set. And, like, they decided to, like, cut cut it because it's like it looked terrible and they couldn't get the footage of watching jr scaring the bear well no because he was probably shitting his own (laughs) he's like he's like wait what you want me to fight a bear can i have liquor before
0: i do this that's why he takes this so seriously because he was genuinely worried if he was going to come out of production
1: alive each time look at him he looks genuinely terrified he's like i gotta fight that bear tomorrow i'm never gonna
2: make it out (laughs) If he he took his suit coat off right now, you would just see horrible sweat stains under his (laughs) arm. You would just be like, I'm terrified. One more Lon Chaney fact to um, break up the tension, though, of thinking about his alcoholism by confronting the fact that his alcoholism on the set of Ghost of Frankenstein, he apparently was getting constantly shit based and the set was a labyrinth. so between like all the makeup on him and being drunk he was constantly lost in the set just lumbering around trying to find his way out because they would just say cut and then he would just walk away to another part of the set and take a nap so they would be like yelling for him like hey lon get up and so he's lumbering around trying to find his way out oh. Imagine you're like just some stage and you see a drunken Lachini growling at you trying to lumber out in the Frankenstein makeup. You said that was Ghost of Frankenstein? Yeah.
0: Wow. Made right before this movie. That well, was there's something, there's something you wouldn't want to encounter. A Ghost of Frankenstein. How do you encounter a Ghost of Frankenstein? Frankenstein's an abomination, he doesn't have a soul. That was the point of the story, right?
2: Well, in that movie, um, Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein's um, like nephew or something. They, they get very confused into the relations of those um, later sequels. I think it's supposed to be his um, nephew. He sees the ghost of his uncle, being like, yeah, "You should continue yeah. my
0: work." There was one where Frankenstein literally didn't have a soul. Wasn't he just like an empty
2: shell in the third one or something? Oh, that's where they switched, swapped brains, didn't? They? Yeah. 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 He was, like, in a coma for the majority of the movie, and then they put Bella Gosey's brain in him.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. I always... Frankenstein has always been my personal favorite, but it's weird because, like, the, the Frankenstein movie only adapts, like, part of the book. Yeah, and, like, the yeah, Bride I mean, of Frankenstein the, the 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 sequel movie. is actually a much more,
1: like, close adaptation of the concept. It's much more faithful. I mean, it, it's, it's more developed it's, as well. It's I mean, it's not, like... It's not an exact... Yeah exact adaptation of, of the book but to me it, it's a lot more faithful to, to the uh, to the spirit of the book and it actually does take like a good portion of that book has there ever been
0: like a great adaptation of frankenstein the book from like an adaptation no. yeah it really hasn't, hasn't. that's but, I, I really that book is a favorite of mine no man. thinking I, of it now it's like yeah you really you've had good frankenstein movies of course just not like
2: an adaptation of the book. I, I agree. Yeah, I can't think, um, other than the Coppola one, where, like, Frankenstein has any form of intelligence, really. I,
1: I think, you know, that script to the Eye movie, I think, is fantastic. I think it's just the directing that kind of hampers it. It's it's, just, it's a little, it's too over the top. Are you kidding? That's what makes that movie so great. Uh, that's, it explodes at the end or whatever. Like, it's, uh, it's amazing. It, I remember Frank Darabont even said, he's like, you know, Best script I've ever written. Worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it shows you can get, you can really fuck up a great script because it does have a great script. It's very faithful to the book, but still still its own movie. But it just the directing, it's so it's so over the top.
2: All right, anyway, back to the, the Wolfman. Yeah, that sequence we just passed. Like I don't know why every time I see that, I'm like it feels very out of place. Like the weird hallucinations. It felt like almost a cross between, like, an Ed Wood movie and, like, the tunnel scene from, like, Willy Wonka. Like, I imagine, like, Gene and Ke- Gene Kelly, um, Gene Wilder should be, like, going, there's no earthly way of knowing. Well, it's one like of those things where I'd be surprised, Jacob, if Sam
1: Raimi, like, got inspired by Darkman. Like, a scene, like, that hallucination scene seems like something that Sam Raimi would be inspired by. That's a good point, actually. I would agree with that. Because yeah. Darkman certainly takes a page out of these older old school horror movies
2: now i like this transformation because this is you can see over the evolution of the different wolfman movies like how like precise the transformation got like you can see like as they do the cross dissolve in a few seconds of his legs changing you can just see blatantly the pant like the shape of his pant legs changing Mm -hmm. versus like when you get to like you know, House of Dracula and like and Absalom Meet Frankenstein, they got really good to the point that like when he's la- I think it's House of Frankenstein, he's laying in bed. One of the, one of the sequels, he's laying in bed and transforming, and they like made a plastered mold of the back of his head, made it look like a pillow so he couldn't move. Like his head would always be in the same position. So when they're layering the makeup over him it would just naturally dissolve from one shot to the other. So it's like, it's a very cool scene as the years went on. Like, they learned as they were going
1: along. Yeah.
2: And then finally, how far into the movie are we now? And um, we're seeing Wolfman for the very first time. And he's only on screen for a few minutes in this whole movie. Yeah. But who
0: directed this? Ang Lee? That was the best joke from 2003. <laughs>
1: This is great, though. That's. I mean, I. It's, it's a
2: great just, intro shot there. It looks this is great. Oh, this just looks great. Well, I mean, Jack Pierce like really outdid himself on the makeup. You know, he was the one who did like the makeup for all like the classic monsters. You know, I mean, he literally is the reason why when you think Frankenstein, the flat and bolts. You know, that's not from the novel. It's mm-hmm. from not from any um, adaptation prior to it. You know, he was just like a genius when it came to makeup and. You know they have um numerous documentaries about him, and like you know, I think um, the makeup on this is especially one of his um career highlights. You know, what does a wolf man look like? You, know, you have to make sure you can tell it's a long jr. and a man, but like, how do you make a wolf also in there? And I think he does a really good job, you know, like with the snout coming off and does look Mm wolf-like making the hair and all that you know and this is all being applied by hand
0: it's a very iconic look like that's the thing is with the universal monsters it's like obviously other companies make movies about these characters but universal codified the classic looks for the these monsters like the wolfman looking like like this, like a man with wolf features or like Frankenstein with the bolts in his neck and everything. Like that comes from these movies.
1: I always hate in, in other werewolf movies where they just they're just a like wolf. I think that fucking sucks. I wanna yeah. see like a wolf person. Yeah. Like that, that to me is part of the excitement. It's like what's the point? I hate that. So just want yeah. to say that. I, I've always that's always annoyed me even since I was a kid. I never liked that. Which prominent ones did that? Um, I wouldn't say prominent ones just other werewolf movies throughout the years and yeah like which werewolf movies have done that I'm trying to think I think Wolfen was one I know everyone's seen that movie yeah. Teen Wolf didn't do that uh, well, I know the Twilight movies they do that it's like a wolf well no seriously yeah. I, I, I,
0: you know what it is with the Twilight movies I, I almost wonder if it's supposed to be like a dog thing where it's not really supposed to be scary when they turn into the werewolves in theory it's like a more romantic thing where it's like you're a, a dog oh yeah really romantic really sexy i i mean i'm trying to think like you know so yep. it's like it's not just some horrible monster it's like oh you're either a human that we like or you're like a dog that we get along with that kind of thing i, I mean i don't know i i haven't even seen twilight i'm just like spitballing here
2: well i can't remember who it was i have no
0: authority to speak on this subject
2: someone summed up though, the problem with like modern monster movies is we went from being fearful of the monsters to wanting to fuck them and yeah I think that's the problem it's like no one wants to fuck Lon Chaney and you're like look how gross he looks right now. Um, No, but no, I know like there's always been the topic oh Dracula is sexy the sex appeal of Dracula but like you're supposed to be fearful of these monsters like you know the wolfman's not gonna get along with you and be like an ally to like a vampire it's like no he is like a one track mind he's going to fucking kill you if I mean, I think you can do I think you can tell whatever story you want with these characters as long as you tell it well. well well that's
1: that's the thing again going back to like how these like over the years how these movies can sort of change like the mummy being more of like a, an action adventure film like with Dracula again going to the fundamentals I think there is something sexual about Dracula yeah. So I think it's pretty conceivable that you can make more of a love yeah. story from Dracula. I think you can do that. Just don't totally lose everything about that character, yeah. or or the concept of, of,
2: of vampirism. Well, was, I was more referring to like you know, sexy werewolves, which is like its own subgenre. You know, it's like red letter media. What was that like werewolf movie they did that was like very inspired by Twilight? They just want to focus on like werewolves in it. Um, like, um, or, or, or. I give something like, in Colony or something like that, it's, like, just, like, a garbage movie, and it's, like, yeah, you can do it with, like, Dracula, but it's, like, when, you know, they try doing that I Frankenstein movie for Eric Howard, it's, like, yeah, they try and make him into a sexy Frankenstein monster. I think
0: it it rings false there, just because, honestly, that's, like, execution, like, it's not, like, the point in the movie is that Frankenstein is a sexual figure, it's just they made him look that way because it was an action movie and you need your
1: action character to look a certain way. Yeah. Well, it's a shame, too, because the original concept for Ryan Frankenstein was, like, I think it's based on, like, a comic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like he's, like, a like a private eye and, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that would make a great network TV show. Uh, he's Frankenstein <laughs> and he solves <laughs> crimes. Well, it wasn't just that, though. It really seemed to be steeped within this, like, this gothic world and everything. He was, like, the monster, but as, like, a this, like, cop yes. hunted down like monsters, like, it oh really... Oh my god, I'm going to write my own iFrankenstein network TV
0: show now. Every episode he fights some different kind of monster or something uh, that's portrayed as just like some guy in a trench coat. Uh, yeah. Well,
2: that's like the Fox show Sleepy Hollow, which I tried getting Jake to watch, which you guys should all check out the first two seasons. Don't, don't watch the third or fourth season. That show got really bad really quick. But, you know, small town cops fighting monsters. It was great. The headless horseman was one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You like that, Jake, right? Yeah, I didn't like that. Ichabod Crane is a time traveling hunky soldier.
1: I didn't like that either.
2: Well, it's like yeah, because it's like, I, yeah, the point is like
0: if you make a werewolf story where the werewolf being sexualized or a, rom- a romantic figure is part of the story, that's that's cool. That's just very different from like we need to make Aaron Eckhart look like an action star right? yeah, or yeah. Like,
2: like an action hero. And so that's why he looks like that in that movie. Well, and, I, and I will retract his, my point to a certain degree of the werewolf because there is the conflict of, you know, with Evo and Eggers, you know, he's in love with her and, you know, she falls in love with him. And you see this in, like, each werewolf sequel, he finds, like, another beautiful woman to fall in love with him. Um, which I think that's the most unrealistic part of these movies. <laughs> um, you know, it's like with like the Hitchcock movies with Jimmy Stewart being in his like late fifties and like Grace Kelly and Kim Novak in their like late twenties are like swooning over him. Doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, but it's like you can kind of have that drama of listen, I'm in love with you, but I will kill you if like the moon is full yeah. and we're together. So oh, that's part of the whole appeal of it—that's something called drama. But having like you know the Wolfman also be a sex symbol too, I think is that's where you make the mistake. And that that's what we're referring to. Oh, this looks great here. Yeah, I feel like this
1: is a real
0: church.
1: Yeah, guys, we got ten (laughs) minutes. Yeah,
0: congregation starts at nine o'clock. We got to be out of here by eight (laughs) fifty.
2: Well, there was um, also apparently like originally a scene that was cut out where um, Larry would have gone to confession and like turn into the Wolfman during like the confession and like attack the priest through like the confessional and like oh. the censor said, reviewing the script said, absolutely not. We're not going to piss off the Catholic Church doing a Wolfman movie. That would have been a great schlocky scene. That would he would have been like, "I'm here to confess," and they're
0: like confess what? And there's silence. <laughs> <laughs> confess what? And it's like. I'm gonna eat you I ripped his throat out. <laughs> I, I feel like that that isn't a movie. Oh no no that's yes. The Exorcist 3. Oh you know what I thought you were gonna say it Silver Bullet sense. for a sec. You know this this the scene from Silver Bullet it's actually a great moment the the church scene. But it's not in the confession booth. No
2: it's certainly not limited to the confession <laughs> okay, booth. Okay <laughs> yeah. Well, Boondock Saints, as I said, you know, they did a great scene, like with a uh, tense scene in between a confessional booth, so you can do it. I'm sorry. We're talking about a good movie right now. on topic. Silver Bullets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone loves Boondock Saints. We
1: all loved it in college, right? No, I think I never loved it, even as a 15-year-old. Or, excuse me, 17-year-old. I thought it was shitty. Anyway, let's talk about The Wolfman, which is a much better movie. So, yes. Gary Busey starred in Silver Bullets.
0: Yes. And it was a pretty wild movie. Definitely one of the crazier Stephen King ones.
1: Yeah, I think he wrote that when he was on a, in the 80s. When I say in the 80s, it's a, it's a double entree for the Yeah, I remember the
0: church scene, and I remember the kid on like a
1: rocket-powered yeah. wheelchair. <laughs> he the fuck out of there when he, turned, when he saw the werewolf.
0: Yeah. And Gary Busey's like, where is
2: that werewolf? Watch, Watch out for the <laughs> werewolf! Uh, I, like, I can't, we should do our um, we should do Cat's Eye commentary next. Remember that movie? i sorry, I don't have my Stephen King encyclopedia in front of me. Which one was that? That was, like, a weird anthology movie he did. Like, it wasn't... I don't think based off anything he wrote, he was just, like, a producer on it. And it was just, like, this cat, like, kept getting involved in these, like, stories. Like, one of them is, like, James Woods, like, is trying to quit smoking, and he hires a company, like... To help him quit smoking and like every time you smoke we're gonna like taser your wife and then like you smoke again we're gonna like cut your daughter's hand off or we're gonna kill her or something like that it's just like James Woods trying to overcome smoking to make sure his family doesn't get killed and then the cat gets to Drew Barrymore's house and like weird gnome devil elf creatures come out and the cat has to save the day. And she, like, saves it and then, like, Drew Barry was like, oh, I love this cat. Can we keep it, Mom and Dad? Like, yeah, sure. Apparently elves are real and we have a dead elf scatter across your room. But, yeah, we got a pet cat now. Well, I'm glad that had everything to do with the wolf, man. I'm just saying the 80s was a dark time for Stephen King
1: wrapping it around. It was even a darker time for Lon Chaney Jr. because he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> He'd been dead for, like, 15 years at that point. Exactly. He made it to the 70s. Good
0: for him. Shit. Hold on. They're they're talking about his son.
2: His son that's only, like, five years younger than him. Yeah, that's the one thing I will say. Like, they could have, like, had... um had his character being like such an asshole right now, be like I don't care, He needs to toughen up, stiff up our lip. It's like they really made him like a sympathetic father. It's that I think that like plays up the tragedy of it more. That like they spent all their year, all these years, not being around each other because of some conflict we don't see, but like we can see that he actually does care for her son and that there is a reconciliation coming that mm. is ruined by this. Mm. That's a good point. Oh, it's a shame that he have was been it. much better if
0: he just hated him and thought he needed to be tougher. And then at the end, the werewolf would have been there and he's just like, you're still a weakling and would have been screaming at him. And then the werewolf would have killed him
1: and the audience would have been like, yay! I clapped! I was, like, in these scenes. It looks like he's, like, sneaking around on
2: his tiptoes. Well, he had to, actually, because of the way the shoes were designed. He had to actually walk on his tiptoes. Oh, so was it breaking his feet? <laughs> I can't remember, like, how they said this, um... The like shoes he was was shoe slippers, whatever you want to call it, were constructed. But there was like something about like the arch of the foot did force him to like almost tiptoe the entire time. Well, he's actually in pain here. That's a real bear trap. He's, he's, like, so he's <laughs> yeah. actually crying out for help. <laughs> they, they, Everyone's they, at lunch. Get it on film. <laughs> they didn't tell lunchy Jr. they were doing it, so they had to ADR animal like because it really he was like, ah, fuck, son of a. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just screaming out to the cast members like Claude please help me get this off of me Uh, sorry old (laughs) boy I'm
1: going to lunch
2: (laughs) fuck you I'm reading this script for some movie called Casablanca yeah he yeah he goes from this to like eight months later being a Casablanca like talk about a weird year for Claude Rains when did the Invisible Man come out like Like thirty-one. Okay, yeah, like yeah. thirty-two or something like that. Also, one of the best Universal
1: movies. I, I, I think it's this Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein. I think they're the best ones. Yeah, that's thing. Like, like, everyone always holds
2: Dracula, but yeah, I will say, like Bella Lugosi is fantastic in it. But it's like, I think yeah, it's a very dry movie. Yeah. I've never been a fan of it. I'm gonna, same with the Mummy. I'm going to say it's very boring.
0: I think mean, Bella Lugosi, and I like the actor placement. I think it's, so. it's most yeah, notable true. for codifying that
1: Universal monster look for Dracula, look yeah. like the widow's peak and everything. It's, same thing with the Mummy. <laughs> that that first movie's kind of a letdown
2: well that's the thing like they like he's a mastermind in the movie like he's very very like little in the movies he's the mummy he's like the mummy for like the opening scene which I think that's a great little five minute yeah. short film it is it's a great payoff at the end it's actually pretty creepy yeah I I see as a kid I was
1: more into like the Hammer horror films I didn't really get into these until many years later yeah.
2: well I remember um, like for the 10th anniversary of like AMC's like horror like I can't remember what they call like horror marathons they started running the classic Universal movies so that's like how I saw these like you know they would have like the Jasons and like the Halloween movies and like hardcore horror movies on at nighttime but like they had these classic black and white movies on earlier in the day and the weekends you know this is back before AMC had you know all their shows this is probably like
0: back when they showed movies that were classics from from this country that are regarded in high esteem
2: yeah well because I think I want to say this was like 05 06 so yeah we're like a couple of years away from Mad Men and Breaking Bad Mm. so it's like yeah other than like a few of their like round table movie discussion shows they had it was just yeah showing old movies so they had time to show all these like Wolfman and Dracula and Frankenstein and like then all the like weird like invisible man returns sequels <laughs> and stuff like that
0: my favorite frankenstein that i watched on amc was frankenstein conquers the world God. the japanese kaiju movie i was on amc one day i remember watching that as a kid and i was like this is awesome mm. frankenstein is a kid who turns giant and ends up having to fight a giant dinosaur that's how that story should be told that's what Guillermo del Toro should make. <laughs> oh, That's the sequel to Pacific Rim. You don't get nominated for Best Picture. I
1: love Frankenstein. You
2: know, I think the sad thing is the last really good Frankenstein and last really good, like, man movie were the album of the Chipmunk movies. <laughs> like, the, the, um, they, they, I think they have those characters done right. You enjoyed them, right, Jake?
1: Oh, I loved them as a kid. I just, I, I <laughs>
0: forgot. That's a... That's a pretty high pedestal to put up. Yeah, I, I wanna, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna
1: hesitate before yeah. I agree with you there. No, I, mean, I, yeah. I, so. no, I wouldn't say Dog Soldiers was the last great
2: werewolf movie.
1: That is a movie yeah. everyone should see.
2: Yeah. No, I was trying to joke into a segue there because uh, that actually was the last time Universal has really done anything with those properties. Like I know, yeah, to, a few years later they did the um, Wolfman remake, but. Um, they ha- they haven't done none of the Frankenstein movies of recent years were theirs. I don't think I Frankenstein was theirs. Um, neither was Victor Frankenstein. Or they were gonna do Dark Universe. Yeah. They so, had, but, plans. So that's the thing. It's very interesting to me that it's just like they've created they created the modern depictions of like Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Dracula, and all that. And joking aside, like yeah, the really the last time they'd done anything with their classic <laughs> characters was the fucking Alvin and the Chipmunk movies which I can now as an adult appreciate like they had Maurice LaMarche play the Wolfman and the Frank the Alvin Chipmunks meet Frank or Wolfman and he did a pretty decent job I think trying to play as Lon Chaney Jr. but yeah it's sad that they don't do more with this and when they try doing it they've just fucked it up badly. I, I agree. Anyway,
1: these are timeless stories and they could be retold.
2: I mean this is just like a great scene where you see the desperation of him being like I'm sorry I need to leave like mm-hmm. I love you but like, I need to fucking leave right now because I'm going to hurt you it's an, it is a genuinely great
1: performance it yeah that's the key to selling it yeah because anyone else playing this could have just half-assed it but you can tell Chaney really really gives a damn well I think everybody does it's a real like humanity don't...
2: yeah well, that's like, like this movie had no right to be as good as it was for like how little crap of a crap the studio at large gave it. Like but everyone else, like this seemed to be like a passion project. Like mm-hmm. but you know, again, like, you know, Claude Raines is like eight months away from being at Casablanca. He was a few years removed from being a Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's like this this was a real step down in theory for him, you know, from Mr. Smith to this, um, but you know he he doesn't
0: have asset yeah with with Lon Chaney it's just interesting because it's like he doesn't give that sort of stiff broad theatrical performance that you would typically see from a movie of this era Mm -hmm. because that's sort of what acting was judged by the standards of like how someone would act in like a theater and like his performance seems a lot more
1: naturalistic and human at least to me it always did Yes. yes I think so too
2: He literally just looks like someone who's like, I'm the brink. Like he's like at this point. That's that's not to say naturalism is
0: better than theatricality or anything like that. So much as just that always stuck out to me about him.
2: Yes, I agree. And it could have easily been more broad and more theatrical. Well, that's the problem. Like, as much as I love like Dwight Fry and all those like early Universal monster movies, like when, especially like, in Dracula, when he's playing Renfield, like he's like, ah, oh, isn't this a very weird conversation for supposedly sane men to have? Like, it bug eyes. It's like this is fucking a little too silly for me. Well, to be fair, he is yeah. insane. So, again, I'm not trying to say any form
0: of acting is better than the others. It's just an observation as to how this one's doing it. No, I, I agree
2: with you that they have their places, but like I'm glad they didn't try. Like you know, at least with you know Dwight Frye, like he's not a, the main main character of the movie. You know, um, with this, you know, the, I think they made the right choice with how Longchamp performed. it. Yes, I disagree. You're you undermining me, Cool. <laughs> yeah, Jacob hasn't been. Yeah, the previous two commentaries. Jake undermined me, I then undermined him, and we saw that Jacob would have to undermine one of us, and he hasn't really. I haven't had to, because
0: no one's undermined me, because I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> now you're not. Okay, now we have to team up on Jake for the last 15 months. I'm definitely not always right, because I didn't realize we were recording this commentary today. I thought we were just going to watch the movie. <laughs> and then Andrew pulled out a mic, and I was like, oh, I'm glad I've seen this a few times. <laughs>
2: You know, I want to get ready and get all the commentaries recorded for the month of October, like knocked out, so I can have my ending time with them. So we're recording this even before the month of October begins. Yes, technically speaking, but we're still in Halloween season, according to the, to the
1: grocery stores. But oh. they'll never know. Oh, I'm starting to decorate tomorrow night. I'm I'm totally. I I love this time of year, so I I have no problem with this stuff coming out earlier than it should. Yeah. Are we going to put, like, uh, like Back, Sour to City, and Angel's
2: poster? <laughs> <laughs> Giving out some of their um, interior decorating for their apartment. <laughs> Got to put a Frankenstein mask on the giant cardboard cutout of Ant-Man. Well, I'm going to paint
1: Kevin Dunn's face. And yeah,
0: no one knows what our apartment looks like right now, so this probably doesn't make a ton of sense, but just note that the giant cutout of Ant-Man with a picture of Peter Fonda from the (laughs) classic 1994 movie, Deadfall, totally makes sense in context. Oh boy. Another great
1: shot here. Yeah. With the shot of Peter Fonda from Deadfall on the wall. (laughs) Yeah.
2: love how the moonlight really hits him. (laughs) I I always thought this scene was really weird. Like how she's just like being such an asshole to him. And she's like, (laughs) She's like, oh, yeah, no, you're going to have to beat your son to death shortly. Well, it's setting up for what he has to do. I know, but, you know, she, she's, like, egging him I'm like, why are you so frightened, Sir John? It's like, I always thought she was, like, for such a helpful character she is. And, like, and, and Frankenstein meets the wolfman, she goes on a road trip with Larry Talbot, essentially. I and mean, what um, did they talk about on the way other than, like, the curse of the werewolf? <laughs> Hey, remember when you beat my son to death, and you now have the curse he had? Oh, that was cool. I'm also gonna get hit by a car, and then like have my like f- son put a curse on a fat lawyer to make him lose a lot of weight.
0: That's a funny. To I the finally watched that movie like a few years ago, and the thing that stuck out to me was not any of the stuff about him becoming thinner, but the guy who turned into like the reptile. Yeah, that was, was much, been much, much more movie. creepy. That would have been the more entertaining movie. I don't remember this at all, and I watched it with you. <laughs> you don't remember their, uh, Thinner? Was that what it was called? Yeah, the, I, 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 I thinner, remember. directed by Tom Holland? I remember watching a movie called Thinner. I don't remember
2: <laughs> what happened there. it. it, it was the guy was played by RoboCop. Tom Holland. Yeah, the guy played RoboCop like, in the third one, I think. The one where he could fly. You know, the best RoboCop. Wait, character. was that the guy? Yeah. Wow.
0: He's like wearing the fat suit the whole movie and everything.
1: Yeah. And RoboCop 3.
0: <laughs> that would have been okay. That would have been hilarious. There's like a Robocop plot to be made where it's like endgame and Thor becoming fat, RoboCop becoming fat. Just the armor is like buckling. It's like the seams are ripping, splitting out of the costume. It's about it's like athletes from like trying to come out of retirement.
2: <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> But Fun fact with this scene, um, when after he attacks Evil and Eggers and she falls to the ground, she had to lay down there. You know, this isn't like party city fog now. Like This was like some acrid chemical and she actually passed out from being on the ground so long and they forgot about her and went to lunch and then just like after a while. So, like, hey, wait, where's Evelyn? Or um, Evelyn? they're like, oh, shit. And they would like, go searching. They'd forgotten where they had filmed before falling. So they're just on the ground. On their and he's trying to find her. <laughs> and line changed second. I, at well, least I, it wasn't me.
0: To be fair, that would have been pretty terrifying. That, that girl that just painted there and everything. Yeah.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> just imagining, like logic and crap beaten out of them. he's actually the director before it rolls like
1: claude i want you to actually beat lon i haven't told him but let's see what happens uh, are
0: you sure yes just do it lon's <laughs> actually just pissed about all the abuse now and actually trying to kill him
1: no no lon told me he wants you to hit him he said something about your mother <laughs>
2: Now, fun fact with Evelyn Akers, though, um, she actually married a guy, an actor by the name of Richard Denning, who, connection to the Universal Monsters again, is one of the guys who, uh, one of the explorers in uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, one of my other favorites. Yeah, he's the one who um, gets bandaged up and killed um, partway through the movie. I I haven't seen that movie in years since I was a kid, but I I loved it as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's also notable for being um, the husband in the radio show Lucille Ball did as a precursor. to I love Lucy. Well, what a great note to end on is Lon Chaney dies <laughs> yeah. before our eyes. Now this transformation actually is pretty good. Like you can yeah. see it a little bit, you know, where his head was moved back a little too much, but a lot better than his legs. Um, I love these slow, painless werewolf transformations. <laughs> <laughs> <It> looks so
0: <laughs> smooth and comfortable for the. The victim. It, it, it says he'll be in peace for eternity. But we like, know that but we know that's a lie. Yeah, you know he had a year off. What was it? Was it Van Helsing where the transformation was like they
2: would come out of their skin?
1: Or yes, that? they tore their yeah. skin off. It was so cool. Yeah, that was wild. I love that. I love that movie.
2: They did that in the movie Wolf Cop too. I don't give a fuck
1: about Wolf Cop. I want to talk about Van Helsing. <laughs> I love that film. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's so dumb, but so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, this I always thought
2: this part was so sad. Just like, he knows the fucking truth. It's like, I beat my son to death.
1: Yeah, no, it's, again, it's part of the tragedy. The father must kill the son.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's a The legitimate brother must down. kill the brother. It's a downer ending. That's <laughs> yeah, great. It's a great movie. Downer uh, ending, though. That's part of what makes it great. Huh? Yeah. So on that note, we hope you enjoyed the commentary for the Wolfman and... Have a happy Halloween.
0: Have a bad Halloween. There, now this commentary track ends on the down two. <laughs> it's thematically
1: parallel. Assistant. Thank you and good night.
2: Bye. Fucking undermining
1: me again, motherfucker. I'm going to beat you like Claude beat Lon Chaney Jr. Eventually these commentary
0: tracks, one of them's just going to turn into you two having a full-on brawl. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to read fun facts about alien invaders? We're <laughs> punching the shit out of each other. See, but you didn't know on IMDb. Duff, duff, duff sir, duff. glass breaking.
2: <laughs> you mother <fucker. laughs> Don't fucking kill you. Yeah, that's only an hour and 11 minute movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can I pause this? Yeah.